there's no time to waste other than us just standing up and go to him seek God prepare ourselves for what he has in store for us you know that, that scripture sometimes I don't know if you go back to it in Hebrews 4.16 and you look at just those words come boldly into the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to have in time of need. First of all, there's an instruction. Come. What you have to do is to come. And boldly so. Not like somebody who's trying to sneak in to try and take something that doesn't belong to them. No, he says, come boldly. You need to stand tall, you know, shoulder um, uh, above everybody else and, you know, walk, um, you know, take such a bold step. Begin to just position yourself right. Boldly so. Just come to think about it. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine if, um, you know, um, you can recall an instant where somebody has um, asked you to come, maybe having made even a promise to give you something special. And the next thing you find yourself being disappointed than receiving what you would have expected. If I was just to call you and say, come see me tomorrow, I have something special for you. Even before you know what is it that I am going to give to you, you already have an excitement in your heart. You are already looking for something. You are looking forward to something good. You are looking forward to hearing something that will, that will um, um, you know, inspire you, that will encourage you, that will help you one or the other. There is a positive expectation. There must be such a positive expectation. Out of just that statement, how much more when God says come? When he is the one who is asking you to come, to collect, to take, how ready are you? That is the question. How ready are you to receive such special grace? And the gifts and the blessings that he has in store for you. God is always more than ready and willing to bless us. He's always waiting even just to hear your prayer, to hear your voice. He's always expecting to release something special upon your life. Such a special blessing is is waiting, is patiently so sitting there, is waiting, is oh when is he coming? When is he coming? When when is he going to take that one step? When is he going to just just you know give us some time just just to you know make such a, a prayer or uh, make yourself available to can receive what I have in store. That must be the thinking. That must be the mentality that you have. So that you do not limit what is in this um, 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 grace 
He wants you to obtain such mercy, he says. Obtain it. And find grace to have in time of need. When, when you, when you so need, you know, a well timed, in, in, in an amplified version, he says, well timed and appropriate help. When you needed it most. When you need it most. You know, sometimes maybe you might be used to, um, you know, hearing some people saying they need to help you and you look at them and say, ah, what can you help me with? I need your help. <laughs> and maybe you're now just thinking <laughs> that is, that is, that is, um, that is who God is. And uh, you don't even take that, that bold step to go as he has instructed as he has uh, commanded us, it is um, very um, important for us to always have the, the right thinking when we read um, the scriptures. When you look at that same scripture in um, the Hebrew, in, in a, the Amplified Version, it says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners that we may receive for our failures and find grace to have in good time for every need. Every need. It says appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. So, there it is. He says, find grace to help in good time for every need. Every need. Every single. There is nothing. There is no exclusion. Be it a financial need. Be it um. Um, a, a need for you to be in health, be it a relationship, be it peace, be it happiness, be it anything that you can possibly think of where you may have such a need. Because I think what we must, you know, um, uh, what we must, you know, we must, we must not confuse grace with just financial benefits. Yeah, that is, that is, there's far much more in grace than just a financial blessing. That is just but one of those. There are as many other aspects, attributes, qualities, and, and, and things that are as relevant and as important to you that you can be able to um, use this grace and then, um, you know, and find yourself getting to enjoy such benefits and be able to say that indeed this is the hand that was appropriate and well done. I really needed it. I couldn't do it by myself. I needed this grace that I now am able to use this opportunity to bring about the results that I, I need to see or I envisage in my life. So, it is very important for us to, to understand these things. Our God is faithful. God is, is always more than willing and ready to help us where we may be struggling ourselves, where we may have such a need in our lives. If we come to know that, it will be easier to run to Him 
than to look for help from a man. Many a times we want to ask everybody else for help and only after everybody else seems not to be interested in helping. So, oh, then now you remember God. So, oh, by the way, I need to, I must talk to God about this. He will still do it for you. It's only that by then, you know, you've frustrated yourself. You are at a point of giving up on, on yourself, even your faith. Um, um, let alone frustrating the grace that is upon your life. That you now are thinking that um, um, this is not working for you. If it be your consciousness, or rather, let it be your consciousness that he be your first point of call. Call on him before anybody else. Yes, people would listen to you. They would offer advice, sometimes good advice. But sometimes it may not be such good advice. And because at that time you are so frustrated, everything may sound to be a solution. And then you go ahead and try the very thing that somebody said is what I've done and it worked for me. And, and, and there was, a, you know, some sort of a, a, a solution, it seems. And, and suddenly it may not be the same results for yourself. Then you find yourself even more frustrated for that matter. It can be very frustrating. It can be very frustrating. So understand that God will never... He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He says, come you all that labor and are heavy laden and I give you rest. He wants you to be at rest. He wants to help you. He wants you, he wants you to find grace to help you in time of need. He wants you to be at a position where you are at rest. You're not struggling in this life. You ought not to... Um, struggle in your life as a child of God. You, 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 you shouldn't have find yourself having to try and do things by yourself when you know that you're in Christ. Having to struggle to uh, make ends meet and it is just now, you know, you're just going back you know, each day and, and looking forward to um, a, a miracle. It, that's, that's not who a Christian is. Yes, miracles are still happening, believe you me. They miracles every day. If you get to um, 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 get your mind to be uh, focused, you know, in the right places. In other words, you know, a miracle is not something that you must pray for. I don't know if you understand. <laughs> the same way that you don't have to pray for a blessing from God or work for it. It is not something that you must first have to fast and pray. It ought to be a lifestyle. It ought to be, it ought to be an everyday experience. You may look an ordinary person, but the life you live, the life you have in Christ, is an extraordinary life. There's nothing ordinary about you. You should not get used to thinking as an ordinary person, or like everybody else, and subject yourself to the laws that everybody else is subjected to. And eventually, before you know, you know, things um, 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 seem to be as, as, as difficult. There, there, there are laws, there are laws that apply to you. That's what the Bible says, that you are, you are now in, in Christ. You, 
You are not governed by the laws of this world. You are not controlled by the, by the external factors, by things that are, are happening around you, Zam. So, not be very mindful of such. I always want to, when I look at the scriptures, take some time to focus on each and every word and and find resonance with it and and be able to apportion it to myself in the now in the now this 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 is something that you need to learn to do always that when you are looking at the scriptures at the word of god you are able to think about yourself your situation your family, your relations, your siblings, and be able to say this is something that I believe that every single one of my uh, family members must hear. They need, they need this. It will help them. And that is what I believe is going to help you to, uh, to be excited about the Word of God, to to find reason enough to fellowship with him, to always look forward to something new from God. God is not going to say, you, you collected yesterday, so you can't come collect today. No, no. That's why sometimes some people are missing. <laughs> Daily loss us with benefits. Every single day, there's a blessing for today. There's a benefit for today. There is grace for today. There is grace even for tomorrow. So what he has, what he wants to do for you today, you need to, you need to make it a point that you align yourself with it and get to take advantage of, of it today, so that it doesn't just pass you by. You know, um, sometimes some people may think they've collected enough of this grace that maybe they no longer need to hear about grace. But grace is always it's, it's always evolving. There's, um, that's why even in your life, the challenges you were seeing when you were 50, if you are 30 today, those are very different challenges. The world around you is constantly changing. Things are a lot different. There are, there are new inventions, new technologies, new um, 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 you know, ways of doing things and, 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 and the like. So you also need to evolve with the times. You want to change and be able to apportion the grace that is available for the challenges for today in today's terms, in real time. In real time. So you're not living in a uh, um, um, 2010 when it's 2021 that's why even the computers need some upgrading at some point you know, now you have a latest of the, of the um, um, machines with faster you know, uh, processes and, uh, and the memory capacity is bigger and it's, 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 it's better it's more efficient and, and you use it it will help you to, to uh, um, yeah, be as efficient yourself. So, same with yourself. If you get to a point where you need to just hit the reset button and delete everything that you thought you knew, it will help you. Because sometimes a mistake that we make is to build on things that we knew. Not, not necessarily to say that everything is wrong entirely, but you can imagine if you're building on a foundation that is not as good, what will happen to the structure? It is, it is not going to stand. It is not going to um, 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 you know, uh, be safe um, to use. It is not going to, um, it's only just a matter of time before it crumbles. So sometimes you need to get to that point where you just, you just 
you know, allow to refresh yourself and your memory and hit that reset button and, and leave everything else that you thought you knew. After all, not much of it has, has yielded such quality results. So you might as well give yourself time to say, let me allow myself to take in, ingest this new information that I'm, I'm getting and be infused with this grace so that it really brings the results that I've always been looking forward to. When you're hearing things that you're hearing that may sound unfamiliar, it be by the Spirit that you hear the things that you hear. Paul says many prophets have desired to hear the things that you hear yourself today, but they did not have the opportunity that you have to hear such things. So ask yourself why is it that God is talking to you today about this special grace? What is it that he wants me to draw from it? And how do I use it differently so in a very, in a very, you know, different way? Don't say that I've had an opportunity to use it and, and maybe what I've received is, is good enough and it, was, it doesn't work like that. You know, um, uh, we need to always be, be, be um, um, so very aware of such and live a life by design. You know, you, you design the life that you want to live. You create it yourself. And it starts by um, receiving the right information and um, making sure that um, you respond to it appropriately. I send this clip, you know, we have this uh, uh, family group, just myself, my wife, and the kids. You know, it just says today, Watch your thoughts, for they become words. And watch your words, for they become actions. You need to watch your actions, for they become habits. And you need to watch your habits, because your habits will develop a character in you. And you need to watch your character, because that is what will shape your destiny. So, from your thoughts to your destiny, it is as simple as that. It started as a thought. But when you're saying to somebody that you need to take control of your thoughts, many people, many times, people will even argue with you, how do I control my mind? Study the Word of God. It will help you to think right. It will help you to speak right. It will help you to respond in an appropriate manner, even when you are offended. It will help you to, to act in a manner, in a godly way. It will help you to choose right and eventually do the right thing. So it, it begins just with you saying that I'm going to, I'm going to, I need, until and unless such time, you take charge of the thoughts that you have. Things will always be very difficult. It might be always a struggle. So, there is an opportunity. The scripture says it's you need not conform to this world, but need to allow yourself to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewal of the mind is a process that every day it is ongoing. And that will help you to, when, when you renew something, it is, it is uh, just to say, that 
whatever may have been um, an understanding or something that you were accustomed to, leave it in the past. Don't, don't um, you know, continue uh, in the same pattern and try and, 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 and expect that things will be different. There may not be such a, a, a change. So, it helps us to then, you know, um, begin to, um, you know, focus our prayers in the right direction and our energy and be able to, um, when you pray or when you give yourself time to talk to God, your prayers are not misdirected. They are, they are always, you know, aligned with um, what the Spirit of God wants to do uh, for you. So, don't think that there will ever be a time when you collect um, more than you think you need that um, 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 somehow maybe God is offended. It will only be a man who gets offended. <laughs> you know, um, he, he wants to, if, if anything, give you um, a blank check. You, you want to call it that. When he says that you must come boldly to the throne of grace, be bold enough to take as much as you want to. Literally, he wants to give you a blank check so you can obtain such mercy and find grace to have in every area and for every need that you, you may not have to now pray to God asking anything from him. So, when now um, um, you think about um, Solomon and um, how God visited him in the night, and be asking him um, what is it he wants. That was just grace at another level. There was just, there was just no, there's no, there's no better way of, of, of expressing, you know, um, um, what, what really was, um, you know, in his mind than to say suddenly there was so much grace that um, this man could ask for anything and everything. And um, um, God was able to do far beyond what he would have thought he needed himself. So this must be your everyday um, consciousness. Uh, let me go back and, and take more. I took I took more. I took some yesterday because I was in a financial um, um, difficulty. I need to go back for more today and tomorrow and the day after and be able to collect as much as I possibly can. It is not um, something that uh, we need to um, doubt ourselves or think that uh, um, somehow um, God is, is going to be angry with you for um, taking so much of this grace or an abundant of this grace. It's not like our, you know, our parents who used to, when they um, caught you with your hand in the cookie jar, you get punished. But they, they, they brought the cookies, they bought them for you anyway. 
but somehow <laughs> if they find you <laughs> eating those cookies you might be in trouble <laughs> let alone if you if you took some sugar that you were not supposed there was a, always a punishment there was always a punishment <laughs> for it back in the days you know um, they might even say that you know, I'm reminded of a story that uh, my wife told me her aunt found her eating sugar you know, long ago long ago <laughs> so <laughs> because there was now sugar in the mouth and uh, she's now um, angry. What are you eating? You can't even say I have sugar. Are you eating sugar? You can't even say no. Mm -mm. You just say, mm -mm. <laughs> That's a time when you have to swallow sugar before it melts in your mouth. <laughs> you can only shake your head. <laughs> she said to me, hey, that, that aunt of mine was very was very cool because um, for the next seven days in the morning when it's time for tea they will say ah, when you already ate sugar so <laughs> you don't need sugar on your tea <laughs> and um, yeah, um, so it, 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 it is um, one of those things that perhaps sometimes when people are thinking of um, asking God for something, maybe they've had such um, an experience and they're now saying, you know, thinking twice about it before they even go to him and they end up not going. For whatever reason so that is not who god is if anything he wants you to collect more of this grace more than anything i just need to read you two scriptures the first one is uh, romans this is one of the most beautiful portions of the bible The, there's so much in it that it just really epitomizes God and um, what he really wants for us. This is the one scripture that you must understand. You may not get to hear to, to understand everything. You know when I said to read the book of Romans, many of you, if you went to read, you would realize the first three, maybe four chapters are very difficult to understand. Maybe, maybe just after the first chapter you were, you were already giving up and thinking, but is this really talking to me or this is, this is talking to somebody else? Nevertheless, let me, let me just, let me just um, read you the first few verses in Romans 8. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation. No judging guilty of wrong. If you're reading from the Amplified Version. It says, there is now no condemnation. No judging guilty of wrong. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Full stop. Or there's a comma there. But I'm just saying, when you, when you just hear that first part, and you now think about yourself and what you may, you know, things that you may be thinking that maybe you may have um, done wrong, that you're no longer deserving of the very things that God has promised. 
This must help you now to change that thinking. Now, there is no, no condemnation. There is not a time where you are going to be judged guilty of any wrong. He says, for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. That is very important. We need to also take that uh, part very seriously. Because many times it just ends there. There's, there's therefore now no condemnation. And, and it stops there. Now, look at what it says next. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being has freed us from the law of sin and of death. The law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has made us free from the law of sin and death. That should say that you are now, you now ought to be operating under a different law, under a different set of rules. The law of the spirit is a law of the spirit of life. That is what, what, what is really important for you to understand. That that law of sin and death no longer has power over you. It no longer works. It, it's, it's ineffective, inoperative. It's, it's, um, it's done away with. It's dysfunctional. It is no longer relevant. It does not work for you. It is not something that rules you, that you, that um, um, you know um, controls you. No, it's rendered ineffective and inoperative. It is no longer relevant to you. This is very, this is very big for most people. They will not. They will not understand this part. They will not, you know, that's where now religion doesn't teach us this. There's no, there's no better way of saying, of saying it than um, what is saying here. That um, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free. From the law of sin and death. You are free. You are free. And you are free. It says here. For God has done. What the law could not do. Its power. Being weakened by the flesh. The entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. Sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued, overcame, and deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. Sin is deprived of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. There is a very, um, um, you know, when you when you come to think about this part, when you know, um, just to perhaps give it context. Um, when you say that it is. You know, you are now operating under a different law. Maybe, maybe let's let's look at it 
in two or three examples. The first example says that, you see, there's, there's, a, there's a law of gravity. We, we all understand that, you know, if you stand on top of the roof and you try to fly, you, you come down and you may hurt yourself or even kill yourself. That is a law of gravity. You throw a ball up, it comes down. It will always come down. That law, it's, it, 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 it operates uh, in this, in this um, space, in the universe. You cannot, you cannot defy it just by yourself. But the moment you get into an airplane and it takes off from the ground, and it goes into the skies, 12,000 feet, 35,000 meters up in the skies. The law of gravity suddenly no longer works. It is no longer, it is no longer relevant. There is no way that unless there is really something that malfunction, that you will find that maybe there is um, an accident you know, under extraordinary circumstances. But what I'm saying is that the airplane is designed to define the law of gravity. There is a, 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 a lift effect that keeps it up in the sky. That it cannot um, um, it, it's, it's no longer, you know, um, um, that, that law is no longer um, at, that, at that stage, it, it's no longer effective. It stays up there. It, it keeps flying and, and moving uh, forward at such a high speed without necessarily coming down. So, you must think of it that way. To say, there was once a law, there is a law that I'm subject to when I'm here as a human being. But it is still the same you who got into this airplane. And suddenly, you now um, defy the same law that, that um, works, you know, um, um, in this, on this, um, um, when you're here um, on this end. So that is the one scenario. So those are, that's a, a very um, 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 uh, good example to look at this particular um, um, scripture and say that this is now the distinction of the, the law he speaks about, which is the law of the spirit of life, and the law of sin and death. The other one, you know, um, um, as the Bible says, to be carnally minded is, is, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The one gives you such life. That is the one example. If I was to look at another scenario to say, you know, just come to think about it yourself. Every other law that you know that applies to us here on this earth. I'm not talking about the laws of the authority, the government, the constitution and all that. Are you aware that that law is only relevant for as long as you live, as long as you are alive? That if it happens that you die that it is no longer relevant. Every other law that you can possibly think of. So in other words, if there was one such law that was applicable to you, and now that you um, are in Christ, and you, you've now um, received this um, um, by grace, 
you know that you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that whatever you used to apply is no longer relevant in your life now. That is very, that is so very true. There is no law that you are subject to when you are alive that still applies when you are now dead. So, that is the second scenario. And maybe the last one is the one of, uh, you know, an instance where a woman is married to her husband. Either way, be it a man or a woman. The, the husband is bound to that woman for as long as he lives. By law, it says, but the moment that either one of them die, they are released from that um, contract or that agreement. And uh, if you go back to chapter number seven, it says, it even says that that woman is um, free to marry whoever she wishes to at, at any given time. Um, of course, the thinking of men might have other connotations which really, it is only a man-made law. Um, um, as quickly as the Lord has brought the right husband to marry, you are free to marry him. Whether it's a week after, or three months after, or you decide to wait for another 10 years, that's your decision. <laughs> now, the, 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 the only thing that becomes a problem is just your own thinking, you know. Oh, what are people going to say? What about my in-laws? They were your in-laws when you were still married to him. Now you're no longer married to him. You have new in-laws. What are those new in-laws going to say? Look for the new in-laws. <laughs> those are the ones that you must be worried about. Not the ones that you... <laughs> no, seriously. That is... That is um, you know, sometimes what enslaves us and people end up you know, going through so much trauma or um, you know, what are people going to say? Or what are uh, uh, my my uh, uh, family members going to say, and 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 and, and that is not really um, anything that is written anyway in the scriptures. Um, those are things that we think about ourselves, and of course there are instances where a person has gone through such a process, and there's a divorce that is recognized by law even by God, even though it was not meant to be so. By, by law, uh, when, 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 when you hear that, you know, God hates divorce, the one thing that is, that is, is very, is so very wrong, that he wouldn't have wanted it that once you marry, you find yourself having to retract, because that was not meant to be so. It is now so because, of course, things, um, events, or sometimes circumstances may overtake us and we have to now make such decisions. But I so much believe that even anybody who may have gone through a divorce, they shouldn't think that there is condemnation or be self-condemning themselves, that there is anything wrong in in. Um, um, marrying the next. And I'm saying this because sometimes, you know, we those people are victimized even in our in our in our in, in our communities. 
that, oh, she's a divorcee, and now look, she has another husband. So who cares? Well, God married, I have um, every right to marry whoever I wish to marry at any given time. I don't have to live with the guilt that I'm now outside of a marriage, I'm, I'm divorced, um, or people start saying things, you know, that will now make you feel condemned. No, it's not their place. It's not their space. I'd rather have to just, you know, um, um, look at what he says, what the Bible says, and talk to God about my situation. And if it so happens that, as Paul says, a decision can be made. You know, you know, you know, sometimes you really can't please everybody. You decide to stay unmarried, they'll say there's a problem. You decide to marry the next man, there's still a problem. So now what must you do? <laughs> no, it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sometimes just really um, um, the thinking of men that, that is so very wrong. And, and, and we tend to um, want people to, to make people to, um, you know, yeah, even want to dictate for them what they need to do, what they mustn't do, or, you know, now force them even, having to end up making um, decisions that they may not really have been um, happy to make such decisions, but because of, of the circumstances, they are now forced to make such a decision. So, um, yeah, we will have that uh, that uh, session some other time. <laughs> let's, let's just finish this one. <laughs> let's just finish this one. In verse number four, it says here, so that the righteousness, it says so that the righteous the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move not in the ways of the flesh but in the ways of the spirit. Our lives, our lives governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh but controlled by the Holy Spirit. That is very important. That is our lives are governed not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh or of man-made uh, laws, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the, the Spirit, they set their minds and on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now, the mind of the flesh, which is set and risen without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and, and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and peace, both now and forever. That is, because the mind of the flesh, which is with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So then, those who are living the life of the flesh cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to Him. Then, look at verse number 9. But you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you, but if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He is not truly a child of God. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt. The spirit is alive 
because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. If Christ lives in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit gives it life because of righteousness. The spirit gives it life, he says, because of righteousness. And then in verse 11, he says, and if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That is just amazing. It says, if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also revitalize your mortal body. He says, you restore to life your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That is what you need to always keep in mind and always, always, always be mindful of such. Just, you want to just thank God for that restoration that is taking place in your life today. You want to just thank God for the things that he's doing in your life. It's just, you know, this beautiful part, you need to read the whole of it and get to the end. From the beginning, he started with condemnation. Right towards the end, he said to us, there's, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. He says, nothing. Not death, not ties, not tribulations, not things present, not things to come. Nothing is this that can separate us from the love of God. So, when you get to hear that, no matter how much you're thinking that you are separated or you are away from him, it should help you to redirect yourself to him, to drift closer to him, to find yourself every day seeking God under every circumstances in your life. It is my prayer that God will restore you fully in your personal life. If at all there is anything that you may have lost, God is restoring it to you a multiple fold. He will increase and multiply the fruits of your righteousness. He says that there is such abundance of grace that is available for you, for you to be able to bring forth such excellent results and improvement in your personal life. It is my prayer that as he says to us that you must come boldly unto the throne of grace, that you are able to obtain mercy in your personal life, in your relationship, in your marriage, in your, in your finances, in your business, in everything that pertains to you. Every aspect of your life, let it be that you are able to find such grace. This is the grace that will help you in time of need. Receive the grace that will help you to be able to do the things that ordinarily you are not able to do yourself. By the anointing of the Spirit of God, there is such a release in the Spirit. There is such a release in the Spirit that you receive such answers to the prayers that you have prayed thus far. You receive solutions to challenges that you may have been going through up until this time. There is a sense of agency in the realm of the spirit that God wants to quicken the results in your spirit, in your personal life. There is such a quick release of the answers that you so desire to hear from him today, that your situation is already a done deal. His answers is yes and amen for you, that he's already done it for you. You need just to lift up your eyes and be able to see what is it that God is doing in your personal life. And as far as your eyes can see, he says the land belongs to you. Take hold of what rightfully belongs to you. Lay hold of this truth in your spirit. Whatever your foot shall tread upon, he says, the land belongs to you. He says that if God be with you, no one and nothing shall successfully stand against you. There is nothing that will hinder you from doing the things that God has purposed for you in your personal life. The things that you have looked forward to 
in this year, in this year of serving the Lord, God is saying to you already that he has done them for you, each and every single one of them. It is my prayer that you continually walk in the newness of life. You continually walk with God. You hear God every single day, every single day, every single day. You hear his voice and hear him clearly that he directs your steps, he directs your thoughts, he directs your decisions, and every idea that comes to you by the Spirit of God, he has empowered you to be able to bring forth the right results at all times in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. And so shall it be. Thank you. God bless you mightily.